Ladies and gentlemen, Uzi here with another episode of On The Record. So it has been quite some time since I have recorded an episode, and I do apologize, but I got hit with the dreaded COVID. Although I did not get tested for it, I'm 95% certain that's exactly what I had. A coworker of mine did test themselves, and they were confirmed to have COVID. So they're speculating that I bestowed the COVID upon them. So... Unfortunate as it may be, it was terrible, but I am now fully recovered, and there is much to talk about in the Dead by Daylight world. So without a further ado, we're going to start off with player interactions, right? So <clears throat> when I was sick, I literally didn't have a voice, and I was essentially incapable of doing anything. So I played a lot of Dead by Daylight when I was essentially MIA from the world, right? <laughs> you know, if I wasn't working, I was sleeping or playing Dead by Daylight. And I've realized in this, I would say, three-week span of me being sick, I've probably played more DVD than I have in the last, I would say, probably five or six months. And I've learned a lot. I really have. I have a lot of bullet points. But as I mentioned, player interaction is the first thing that I want to highlight. So no matter what build you run, people are always going to find a reason to complain. No matter what killer you run, people are always going to find a reason to complain. At the end of the day... The simplest thing you can do is just play however you want and let the rest follow. And at the end of the day, it sucks because I would love to tell people, hey, don't tunnel, play nice, try to spread out hook stage, try to make for a more positive community. But I've learned that regardless of what you do, it will never be good enough. So I'm going to give a plethora of examples today of interactions that I personally had over the course of these last couple weeks playing as killer in which I was honestly flabbergasted at the responses. So I had, I think, two positive interactions of my three weeks. And I play fairly nice as a killer. At the end of the day, I'm usually just trying to do cool things, whether it's like get some cool shots as Huntress or get some cool flicks of blight. You know, I'm going to do something fun with Wraith with, you know, just hitting that perfectly timed, you know, out of cloak swing. Just little things like that, right? You know, at the end of the day, I try not to tunnel. I'd be lying if I said I don't because I do. If the situation calls for it or there's a bit of BM, maybe I'm a little bit petty and I do in fact tunnel. I think that is something that I want to lay down immediately, that I'm not perfect I'm someone that does play negatively at times as well, based off of one's perception of what is toxic and what is not. Anywho, I had an interaction on Badham where I played as the Trapper, where I had a 12-hook game. It was a perfect game. I literally spread hooks out perfectly, and then people complained that Trapper's really boring and my playstyle is really unfun. I did not hold a 3-gen at all throughout the duration of the game. I just simply ran Corrupt Intervention, Pain Res, No Way Out, and Agitation. So nothing too egregious by any means. And then I was just essentially running a haste slash, you know, placed, you know, traps a little bit faster. I mean, I can get the details about what the names are, but uh, I, I just need the entire build to be placed down to explain the situ situation. So the reason I'm boring is because I play Trapper, right? And my playstyle is born because I'm placing it on traps, which is the trapper's power. At the end of the day, if you were telling me that my playstyle is boring, 
because I am literally performing the function of the specific killer, then at the end of the day, there's nothing more that I can do unless I want to just neglect my traps entirely and run solely as an M1 killer. Which, at the end of the day, I guess that is something that I could do, but that would not be very fun for me since I would be running powerless. And I just, you know, at the end of the day, you can just equate that to survivor entitlement. But at the end of the day, my point to that is every survivor in these examples is going to have their definition of what is fun and what is not fun. This particular survivor, despite how nice I played, found my gameplay to be boring because I played as Trapper and I placed down traps. Moving on to the next match on Badham is I was running Blight, Perkless, Add-Onless, because for those who do not know, there is going to be some changes incorporated in the Dead by Daylight world, so I've been doing some testing, and I wanted to kind of test the waters to see what was going on. So this is an important note to detail, is I am a controller player. I will forever be a controller player. I just come from a competitive Call of Duty background. It's something that will be instilled into me until the end of my days. So I run 98% controller. But I decided for the first half of this match that I was going to run a, you know, keyboard and mouse type of, you know, play style just to kind of see how it felt because I'm not running add-ons. Maybe it would be easier for me because I would be able to react a little bit quicker. And, you know, I, I didn't do bad, but I didn't do great. You know, it, it was definitely something that I was like, huh, I, I definitely could do better. But, you know... After there was one generator left, I decided to then switch back to the controller where I then off I had one hook at the time, proceeded to get nine more hooks. The game ends and the players say I'm terrible and I'm trash at the game. And I said, that's totally fine. I was just testing keyboard and mouse. You're allowed to feel the way you feel. However, how would you have liked me to play? And they're like, well, I mean, you should have ran a really try hard build. You're terrible at the game. And I was like, if I did really well, would you still have said to run a try-hard build? And they said yes. And so at the end of the day, there are players out there who firmly believe that they want the killer to try their hardest as well. And you might see a bit of an inconsistency here, right? Is that there's going to be survivors that don't want you to try. There's survivors that think you try too hard. There's going to be survivors that don't think you try hard enough. And at the end of the day, it's just going to simply come down to one's perspective. It's impossible to make everyone happy because everyone's going to have different opinions, right? Because how often are you going to hear someone say, you should run more try-hard stuff with Blight? Not very often, right? At, at the end of the day, that's totally fun. They're allowed to feel the way they feel. I'm guessing it's because they were all running, you know, the most egregious stuff, four adrenalines, three syringes, one septic. You know, they were just running, you know, all the meta perks that you can think of, DS, DS, DS. You know, which is fine. You are allowed to do that. You're allowed to play in the most try-hard way possible. You know, I, I would say that, and this is not an exaggeration, 75% of my matches where I play killer now have a map offering. Yesterday when I played, I had a Mount Ormond offering in 7 of 10 games, which is fine. I'm st I, I, I played nice in every single one of those games. Sometimes people BM, sometimes people talk trash, and that is fine. If you want to br you know, bring map offerings and syringes, that is your right to do so. But at the end of the day, if I chose to play mean, are you going to complain? And that is what I'm curious about. Yeah. In instances where I did decide to play a little bit more mean, 
not in yesterday's example, but in other examples where people brought map offerings, they said, oh my god, you're such a tryhard. You're so toxic. When they had three to four syringes almost every single match with these map offerings. So at the end of the day, if you retaliate with one's strats to try hard, all that may be reciprocated is that you are toxic because you did not essentially submit to their playstyle, which is trying to guarantee themselves a win. And I... Once again, it just keeps bringing me back to the same as that point is it's impossible to make everyone happy and you should only play in the way that you want to play, right? These survivors are playing in a play style that is essentially trying to guarantee them a win for the match. They're bringing, you know, the strongest stuff, map offering strong perks. And that is fine. They are, it is their right to do so. You know, you, you will hear time and time again of, you know, people complaining about all these tryhards. You know, MMR recently being raised has, you know, led to more tryhard matches. And therefore, it's going to affect the kill rate. But the biggest thing I have noticed isn't necessarily that survivors are better or trying harder. It's actually that they're just bringing stronger stuff. When survivors bring the strongest stuff every single match, not very good survivors are going to perform better naturally, right? If you can bring, you know, brand new parts and toolboxes, you're going to fly through the generators. Or if you bring a syringe, you could hop on a generator and then instantly hear yourself without wasting time. You know, at the end of the day, we have a game designed where it can be very one-sided depending on what a party brings. And so I have learned that more often than not, I just bring the builds that I want. And I literally have those specific builds. I run literally the same exact three builds and DBD as killer. And I just hope it goes well, you know. If I'm running more of a fun build, then I run my fun build and hope for the best. If I'm running on my charhard build, well, I just try to be nice, spread out hook states, hoping that my perks will carry me to an extended long match. Which is another example I'm going to provide here in just a second where I run a hex build because I just think hexes are fun. So when it comes to the whole you know, perk design is I have learned that survivors complain as well when you run off meta stuff. Which is really, really interesting. For example, you know I had a survivor complain the other day because I ran one of my favorite builds in Dead by Daylight, which is my endgame build. I don't run Noed because I think Terminus is a better perk in this particular scenario. So I run Terminus. I run No Way Out, I run Remember Me, and I run Blood Warden. I think that I could probably get more value if I ran No Way Out, but, you know, it is what it is. I just prefer running those particular perks. There's just something about getting Blood Warden value that's so much fun. And plus, it promotes you to spread out hook states and try to have a fun endgame. So, I find that to be particularly fun. Anyways, I have learned that survivors, when it comes to... Matches where it never gets to that final generator. See, I never had a chance to escape. There was a 0% chance. And I actually can recall Oddstarva mentioning that, you know, maybe certain perks should be turned off. That, you know, enable that type of gameplay, right? Because he thinks that people should always have a chance at escaping during endgame. So, if it's one survivor left and there's no way out, then you should have that perk deactivated. And I completely disagree with that take by the way the, re the reason being is because you're dedicating one of your perk slots to that at the end of the day that's my choice and i don't want to essentially lose out on the perk and you can make the argument well they do it for ruin well ruin's a pretty weak perk to begin with and there's not much value that comes from it you know i when i see ruins up is i don't feel the undying urge to cleanse it because it means that they can't pop a generator for example 
So that is in my favor. And if they're running Hex Pentimento, I'd rather deal with Ruin than Hex Pentimento. So for me, usually the advantage is that Ruin is very strong. And if the killer is destroying us, they're probably destroying us not because of Ruin. Probably for the fact that they're a very good killer or they're running a very strong killer. And if we lose someone early on, well, either way, that perk deactivates and it becomes absolutely useless at that point in time. But anyways, in terms of all those negative experiences as killer, it's really ironic because I would say that my experiences with other survivors as when, I, when I play survivor are overwhelmingly positive, right? I get juiced up by my teammates. They're like, wow, you did a great job. That was a really good run. Oh, wow, that was an awesome play. There is just so much hype for your fellow teammates when, at the end of the day, I think survivors fail to appreciate that killers also have skill in the game and people don't compliment that enough. It's something I try to do when I'm running Survivor. If I see an extremely talented Blight or a nurse without aura reading that just can just nail every blink or a Trickster, which has only happened one time, that just never seems to miss a blade. Or, you know, a Huntress that just hits all these nasty shots. Which, I literally had one of my best Huntresses gameplays ever. Ever. I went crazy with Huntress. Literally, I hit every single hatchet but one. And survivors were like, you suck. And I'm like, dude, I had the nastiest Huntress match ever. Long range and close range. And you can't give me a single compliment? Man, I was sad over that one. But my point being is that if someone's talented at the game, you should t tip your hat off to them. You know, say, hey... Good job. That was impressive. I, I haven't met very strong killers like that. I, I can count less than 10 times in my entire career playing Dead by Daylight in my 2,100 hours. It's really like 2,400 if you include console. But that I've actually had received compliments from survivors about my killer gameplay. It's very rare, and it's almost always with Huntress, which is interesting. You know, I, I think I've been complimented one time as a Blight, but... It's more often than, oh, oh my god, you're running this strong killer, it's so easy, you know. Or, you know, you're running a zoning killer, like Deathslinger, yeah, but when I hit some awesome shots, you know. At the end of the day, there, there is skill that's involved in a lot of these killers. And if you're not able to utilize that skill, that's okay, but don't bring people down that are capable of doing so, right? You know, rather we need to, you know, hype each other up every once in a while, like, damn, you did a good job. Just unfortunate, because at the end of the day, I, I do believe that the community is probably, you know, a, a, a bit weird right now. And the reason I say that is because, you know, we like complaining about everything at all times when Dead by Daylight is easily in the best spot it's ever been in. I'm not going to say it's the most fun, because I would argue it's some of the least fun. For example, this current winter event, it's always a nice change of pace to have these events going on with the snowballs. It's fun being, you know, chased by a killer or you chasing a survivor and you just pelt them with snowballs as you're chasing them. It's like low quality of life things there. However, I'm still going to complain time and time again to behavior that we've made so many mistakes with not incorporating new game modes, you know, sending us in that big anniversary event into this rift where we go into another world that was like almost like a 1v1 zone was super, super cool. And it's something I would absolutely love to be emulated in some capacity for a new game mode, but I just don't foresee that ever happening. 
And it's truly unfortunate because I think that we are in a really good spot right now with Dead by Daylight that incorporating new game mode and promoting some you know, new gameplay mechanics would be extremely refreshing for the player base. But I just don't foresee that ever happening. So there are a couple other things I want to discuss in regards to the community and interaction is like, you know, it, it sucks because, you know, I was, you know, looking in at the Reddit Q&A and I, it was just, it just seemed like it was overwhelmingly negative. And I think the community had a right to talk about all the negative aspects of it or just downvote a lot of the responses because it seems like a lot of the important aspects of Dead by Daylight are not really being highlighted. For example, you know, Odd Starvis actually highlighted this himself several times is some of the general perks that were part of the Stranger Things chapter is going to become exclusives to the specific characters, which can only be purchased with currency that is through your excels, which means you cannot earn it in-game, which means you get deprived of some of those nice perks like Surge and Fearmonger, which is now Mindbreaker. But it's just unfortunate because... At the end of the day, I, I, I even saw the response. They were saying that, you know, newer survivors and killers don't really need those advanced perks. And so you usually work your way up to getting better perks naturally as time progresses. But at the end of the day, just, you know, it's still unfortunate because what if a, someone really likes that perk and they lose out on it? And then it's like, well, I had to spend money on the game now to earn it. And it's cool that they're making some renovations to, you know, the DLC bundles and the fact that certain packages will be essentially half off at this point. It's nice, but at the end of the day, it doesn't affect current you know players, which is totally fine for me. I, some people may complain about that, like, I bought it for $5, and now it's $2.50. It's so unfair, but, you know. It is what it is. It's not. It's not the end of the world. I I've purchased everything through Dead by Daylight at this point. I've actually used my own money more often than not, even when I didn't have to. And the reason being is because I'm trying to support a game that I felt like for a very long time was doing a lot of things to improve the game. I felt like we were getting meta shakeups, and they were listening to the community. And then today's Reddit just kind of made me feel defeated, in the respect that. I officially feel like they're just not doing as much as I would like to them to. I don't know. I just I thought we were really making strides to improve the quality of the game, and now I officially don't feel like they're doing that as much. For like their approach on general perks, how they're not looking to rework them. I think that a lot of the perks in Dead by Daylight need major reworks. Major. Like I think that they need to tackle half the perks in the game and buff slash nerf them. I think that. We need to have more perks that are incorporated into the loadouts because I see the same perks every single time, which is so boring. And part of the problem, too, is we need some more aspects of that are base kit for survivors. You know, for example, like with Decisive Strike, I think that probably should be base kit. I hate the fact that I have to run DS as essentially a base perk item because I use DS more often than not. And it's not because I'm dumb, right? For example, if you run right into the killer and you get down and you use DS, you're like, see, see, no, you ran right to the killer. But when I'm literally running across the map and this killer hunts me down, like I'm a fucking rabbit in the forest. And you know, this hunter is trying to find his final meal. And I don't know why I use that analogy. It's just like, man, 
It feels bad. It feels bad. So it's just unfortunate because part of perk diversity is you just can't. I mean, there's so many fun builds that I've used in Dead by Daylight that I just don't get to use. Like one of my favorite builds of all time is probably a smash hit vigil parental guidance followed up by a fourth random perk. And I just love that build. I think it's so fun that I can literally in the same chase utilize smash hit multiple times. And I, I really, I just find it to be fun, you know, because if it, it, it literally comes down to certain mind games too, right? It's like, am I going to win the mind game or is the killer? Because he's going to try to mind game me, but it, you know, I, like if, if I extend, you know, two extra steps and he thinks I'm committing and then I double back and then pallet stun him, I get the smash hit value. Or if he respects and I drop and it's on save pallet, I might be screwed now. So... I just think like little aspects of that are fun because you're you're running unique perks that are catering to your playstyle and your gameplay, but unfortunately I just feel forced into a position where I have to run the strongest stuff all the time, right? And that's really sad because I think that we're in a spot in Dead by Daylight where we shouldn't have to do that, especially with all the strides we've made to make the game a lot more healthy. They've done so much good, and yet I feel like we're so far behind at this particular moment because I'm having the least fun I've ever had, but it's definitely in a very good spot. But it's just, we're, we're, we're missing things here. You've made the game healthy, but now what? You know, you it's just, you know, I, I don't really know what the conversations are like on the back end of behavior. So I'll never be able to truly know what they're thinking, what their thought process is. At the end of the day, I do understand that it is a business and they have to make money. Right, so cosmetics are always going to be flying and popping out, and you know I've always said that if behavior was like, hey, we will do pretty much everything the community does, but we're going to make this single cosmetic, and we want people to purchase it, and if so many people purchase it, we'll be able to make all these changes, and it's going to be 500 euro sales. I would buy it as long as it's just not like a god awful fit, you know, just make it like a halfway decent fit for an original survivor. And then say, hey, if this many people purchase this, we'll be able to make a lot of these changes because we'll be able to like, fit in our budget, right? Like something like that, right? It's a, it's a very simple thing. And people can be like, oh, that's very money hungry because then they can just say they didn't make the goal. Well, you know what? We, we can say, hey, if they didn't make the goal, they can still set aside it for a smaller project, right? There's that negotiation aspect that could be incorporated. At the end of the day, I understand that businesses need to operate by making money, but at the same time, you know, when things get announced, like Odds Darvis saying, oh, I'm going to start working on other content, or, you know, I, I, I'm just going to, you know, give out several examples. I feel like, you know, it's just, in general, our DVD content creators aren't creating as much content, and it's truly unfortunate because... I literally remember a time where I felt like Oddstarva was uploading every single day or, you know, there was discussion points, you know, that were discussed all the time on Scott Jun's end. But now it just feels like we've just been in this, like, weird, really still state. And is it because of how healthy the game has become or is it because behavior isn't really doing things to change things? Because I thought the meta shakeups were great. It literally made the game feel like a totally new, different game. But at the end of the day... You know, we're, we're back into this weird cycle where everyone's running the same exact thing. You know, three to four adrenalines, DS everywhere. And I don't blame people. If someone gets DS, value, good for them. You know, you can never be upset at a survivor for using DS. Like, good for them. If anything, I think every survivor should run Decisive Streak. I feel like it should be essentially a mandatory perk. 
Uh, and then, you know, people want to argue, oh, DS isn't very strong. It, DS is fine. DS is fine. You know, if you want to make arguments that it's buffed up to four seconds, which I wouldn't be opposed to, that's totally fine. But the problem is you're really just catering at the killers like Nurse and Blight, where you're still not going to make much distance even with an additional second. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that just comes down to just how strong those killers are. And Blight, for all we know, with, you know, these add-on nerfs, he may have terrible add-ons by the end of this, and it may completely change the way Blight operates in terms of just, you know, kill rates in the future. And by the way, I just want the record to reflect that I think Blight is a perfectly good killer, even without add-ons. As a matter of fact, I think he's rather fun to play against and as without add-ons. People may fail to agree to that because some people are too competitive and like winning all the time, or some people believe that, you know, Blight's power is just too oppressive to begin with and needs to be reworked, whatever may be the case, but I think his power is fine. The biggest change that I would like for Blight to receive is a collision update. The, f the fact of the matter is I'm one of those bump logic, you know, meatheads for Blight, and I prefer bump logic over hug techs. So it'd be really nice to see more of the collision get fixed and less hug taking to happen. But at the end of the day, I don't think that change is ever going to be incorporated. I do want to talk about Chucky as well because it has been a minute that Chucky has been out. I felt like he was one of the more popular killers to come out. I felt like it was a Wesker V2 when Chucky came out. It was literally every single match. However, I do think the lifespan of everyone running Chucky was much shorter than Wesker. Because I felt like everyone was running Wesker for you know a, you know two weeks straight. However, I felt like Chucky was just a three day thing, and then everyone kind of reverted back to their natural killers. And I'm a bit surprised because I think that Chucky is really really fun. Uh, you know, some of the things that I think people may have a problem with is the fact that he's 110, he's third person. That might be weird to some people, but as someone who's also played third person shooters, I really like that aspect. You know, you, you can do mind games at certain loops and, you know, try to catch survivors out of position. I think it's really fun. And it's also really cool to see, you know, some adjustments from survivors. And it's also really funny to see that when really smart survivors in his mind game themselves. The, a great example is I, I saw a survivor that was really, really good at checking every single check spot, knowing exactly where to go. And I literally just used that to my favor where I would just wait for my power then utilize my power and know exactly where they're going to go for the next check spot and down them, right? You know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that you can do to counter Chucky, and there's a lot of things that Chucky can do to essentially counter you, depending on how you're playing. At the end of the day, I just think that Chucky is a really fun killer, and I know that not everyone's going to feel that way, but I think he's in a really good spot, and I just wish the scamper thing wasn't so annoying because I've laid one against several Chuckies that only scamper, and I have noticed that that is probably some of the least fun gameplay that I've encountered in a very long time. Because it's just, hey, I'm going to play for the guaranteed hit. And that's that. So it pretty much means you kind of have to greed like you do with other killers or try to get lucky with a pallet stun. Hope for the best. But nevertheless, it's still pretty boring to go against and deal with. But at the end of the day, you can argue that there's a lot more boring killers out there. Like Skull Merchant, which I would love to talk about with all of you today. So, I, th I found this to be the most interesting phenomenon across Dead by Daylight in general. So, I've never met so many aspiring P100 Skull Merchants. I've ran into several. I've ran into so many that were like P50+. plus. I've ran into 
so many more that are, you know, on the brink of P20 or above P20. And it seems that it's every single time too. It literally just shows that there's so many people that like running this killer. And I had to ask myself several questions. Why? And why? At the end of the day, I do think that Skull Merchant is a really, really good 3-gen killer still. And people may disagree with that point, but I firmly believe it. I have literally shown people that, depending on latency and other aspects, that you can still get hit with the you know that essentially progression bar of getting hit with the claw trap as well as the health state being deducted from you, even when you're stationary. Depending on you know latency, you know, I, I like I've literally shown like I I've told people to watch my screen when I'm literally last alive. I would stop, but and one full second would pass, I would get hit with it because of you know, latency reasons. So it's really unfortunate that it's you know laggy like that at certain times. And I've even shown people that my ping's been 48 times and it'll still happen. Really unfortunate. Have multiple people who can attest to that, and it's very frustrating, very odd. Not to mention the fact that, you know, I still think the Skull Merchant, as I just mentioned, is a very strong 3-gen killer. Almost every single match I go against a Skull Merchant, they just hold on to the 3-gen and they don't do anything else. My most recent Skull Merchant match was a Skull Merchant that was literally just holding on to the 4-gen the entire match and let the other gens pop. Skull Merchant is still in a really bad spot in regards to that. And arguments can be made that it's just as bad because if you get hit with that claw trap, then bam, you're literally essentially exposed for a prolonged period of time in which you can't do anything, and then the killer gains that speed boost as a result. And then they're like, oh, just, just disarm it. You know, and like, that's great, but the problem is, like, sometimes you get hit with, you know, a single state of, you know, progression to get the claw trap, and that never goes away, by the way. I, I think there should be ways in which that goes away. I think that you, it should go down, you know, one-third every single time you disarm a drone. I think that it should possibly go down over time when you're away from a specific area. Like, for example, you have to say if you don't hear a killer's terrorist, you should, that should naturally just dissipate after 20, 30 seconds or something, right? That, that way that it's not just dissipating during the chase. But either way, that's extremely frustrating because what will happen is if you get stuck in a short loop against the killer, they just pop the drone and then they strafe back and forth and you have one of two decisions. You stay at the loop and then get hit with the claw trap or B, you leave the loop and then the killer hits you for free, which is much of the same phenomenon that we dealt with Skull Merchant previously. And I find that it's really simple gameplay for many killers to utilize. You pretty much get uh, stealth constantly because you're always just popping drones, retracting them. And I've noticed that killers that hold on to three gens, when you disengage their essentially drone, they'll literally just retract it and immediately place it right back and you have to do it all over again. It's uh, this really tedious and unfun mechanic design that's really not much different than before, but arguments can actually be made that it's worse because you, you can constantly retract these drones, constantly be stealthed, and the stealth is so quiet. I, I've literally noticed that killers like Skull Merchant and Sadako just have an insane kill rate in my pub matches, you know. At, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, DBD is simple in the respect that, you know, separate, work different generators, avoid creating a 3-gen. That way the killer can't apply pressure on multiple survivors at once. You know, I, even though I brought up Sadako, I've literally noticed that I've been, in my last five Sadako matches, I've only seen one survivor besides myself actually grab a tape in the beginning of the trial. 
so many survivors get condemned with a couple generators popping, and I don't know why people aren't adjusting to this playstyle change. I actually don't think Sadako needs to receive any type of reworks or tweaks, despite the fact that we saw on the roadmap that Behavior is going to incorporate that. I just think people need to learn how to play against the killer, because the killer, at the end of the day, is not the strongest. There's plenty of counters. Hide into a locker if you're injured and you have a tape. That way, you're not going to get downed and then gain the additional tapes. Plot Twist is a great counter. There's counters at the end of the day. Unfortunately, we're not going to get instead of you know people being educated we're just going to get a rework on the killer which is just not great because the killer is not the strongest in the world and so what's going to happen is killers who really know how to use this killer are going to continue to thrive and then when this rework happens thrive less and then survivors that are really good against countering the current sadako are just going to counter Sadako even harder with these tweaks because I'm assuming these are going to be nerfs and not buffs because of the fact that I've literally seen Sadako get so many kills every single time I play against them. So I'm guessing it's going to be a nerf, even though I don't think a nerf is necessary. And I still will die on the hill that I think Skull Merchant needs another rework. I think that these drones need to make the killer more chase based, and they've succeeded in certain aspects, but I just need to see something different but it'll probably never happen i think skull merchant is here to stay there are naturally counters but it's just really annoying that i have to deal with the three gen meta of the skull merchant per usual because it's just extremely extremely boring and don't get me wrong there's plenty of killers in dead by daily that they can hold three gens it's not just skull merchant for example plague is very good at holding a three gen because if you choose not to cleanse well you're constantly exposed in that regard and so, if they're running a build to literally hold three gens, you're going to be screwed. I've seen it happen on a couple of instances. It's, you know, and then the counter is, hey, let's go cleanse. And then they just puke on the gens and then get you infected again. And then you have to cleanse right next to the killer. And then they get their power. And then you're like, well, I'm fucked. So, at the end of the day, it's not just Skull Merchant that holds on the three gens. However, I have noticed that Skull Merchants hold on to three gens more than any other killer. And that's probably the most problematic aspect so behavior also brought up in the, the reddit q a about dc penalties on how you know people will just give up on hook so what's going on with the dc penalty and they were pretty much just saying boohoo that's unfortunate move on there's nothing we're going to do granted they said it in a much nicer way but the point being is that they're not going to do any type of reworks on the dc penalty which is really unfortunate because first of all you know, behavior loves claiming that this isn't a competitive game and, you know, this is supposed to be for a casual experience. And if that's a casual experience, then why are we receiving penalties for leaving the match, right? We now have bots to take our places, so why do that? If someone doesn't want to play a match, I just see them 4% on hook and kill themselves every single time, which is extremely boring, extremely unfun. I don't get it. I don't know why. Behavior just won't make this simple change. Literally, it would make everyone's lives so much better. Because it's people are going to give up or people are going to literally just BM and do nothing. For example, if they 4% on hook somehow and they don't want to play in the match, I've literally seen it in multiple instances in the last five days, specifically three matches, where they have just dropped every resource on the map and completely ruined the match for everyone. And it doesn't matter if you report them because behavior isn't going to do anything for it, right? Because you can be like, oh, they're working with the killer. Behavior's not going to do dog shit. And that's unfortunate, but it's true. So, 
Now we're just left in this really bad position where no one benefits. And the bots are terrible, by the way. The, the bots have essentially no purpose because the second they hear a terror radius, they don't do anything. They don't try to force a trade. They just let survivors die on hook. So a killer can literally be far enough away from the survivor to not you know, continue to accumulate that hook stage, you know, deli bar while at the same time keeping a bot survivor away. So even if they're healthy, they're not going to do anything to try to get for the save, which is truly unfortunate. The bots are programmed a specific way is to essentially err on the side of safety. But don't worry, the second they get hit, they just stay in place and go down. I literally once again saw that happen twice in the last 48 hours. The bots are in a terrible place, but I'd still rather have a terrible bot than no teaming at all. So come on, behavior at the very least. Work with me here and get rid of that DC penalty. Please and thank you. Last but not least, I have a major complaint with the badge and banner customization aspect that has been incorporated into Dead by Daylight. I think it's terribly designed. I had so much, so much hope that this was going to be what actually kind of reinvigorated my passion for Dead by Daylight. But they just literally dropped the ball so hard. The very first literally badge that you could get was, hey... Spend $15 on the legendary cosmetic for Chucky to get Tiffany, and you will get the badge. Really? Okay. And then I think there was a banner incorporated in that as well. But really, I have to spend $15 on a fucking legendary cosmetic? What the heck? No, what Behavior should have done is I thought they would have thought this through a lot more, is they should have incorporated a badge and a banner for every single tome and every single archive to promote people doing those challenges, which therefore is going to reward them with more blood points, motivate people to want to stay on the game to complete those challenges. And then they would have already had a bunch of banners and badges already designed in that aspect. And so for those who were literally just trying to do challenges, you know, they would have this, you know, newfound motivation to complete them because they would get a badge or a banner out of it. And if someone's already done it, well, they already get it. And that's really cool. So at the end of the day, it would have been something really simple to do for the community because it would have motivated people to try to get some unique banners and badges. But no, we're just going to slowly bring them out one at a time, slowly but surely. And I haven't seen any of them that have been like, wow, this is really cool, really unique. Or how about the fact that I have a P100 Blight, a P100 Wraith, a P100 Nancy, and a P100 Ada. If you want to make an argument about the licensed characters are something that they can't really do anything with, whatever. But at the very least, let me do something with my non-licensed P100 killers to say, hey, I'm a P100. Or if you reach P100, give me an option to have a badge or a banner showing off like, hey, I have a P100. You know, like reward me in some capacity because as of this moment, we still don't have any rewards for having a P100 minus the fact that it shows on your character P100. And guess what? If you're living in a lobby as a survivor, P100 doesn't even hover over your head, but it hovers over your teammates' heads. Like literally, just give me, show what my teammates see, you know? Like show my gamer tag with the P100 right there. So I, at least when I'm in the pregame lobby, it shows that. So I can at least see my MP100. It's so egregious that I have to go to the essentially my character model to even see it. Like, oh, okay, I'm looking at my Ada Wong now. No, that's stupid. It, it's so egregious. I, it really frustrates me to the core that th this could have been an absolute banger for motivation to incorporate, you know, new challenges and new motivations and new goals for, you know, survivors and killers. 
but yet they just dropped the ball so hard. And it's so discouraging because this was probably the thing I was most hyped about out of everything. Because I remember so vividly playing video games like Call of Duty Warfare 2 and, you know, other, you know, first-person shooters and sometimes even just other video games in general that had, you know, titles and emblems and accolades. And I was like, wow, I need to unlock that so I can get this. I, what's the challenge? Okay, I have to do this challenge and then this challenge and I get it. Yes. And guess what? When I got it, it felt so good and I ran that title for a while and then I found something cooler and I was like, okay, I got to shoot for this now. And it was super fun, kept me motivated, and yet they decided to just drop the ball and not do that at all. And it's ironic that I feel like I'm more passionate about this particular topic than most other things. But for me, this was a way to express yourself. This was a way to say, hey, I'm different than everyone else. And this is what I've accomplished. And this is what I've done. And when someone else is done, it's like, hey, bro. Yeah, we both did it. That's awesome. You know, like, you, you like this title too? You like this banner too? Sweet. You know, I don't know. But at the end of the day, nothing can be done. Behavior has made their decision. They decided that less is more, so, <laughs> uh, man. But that's pretty much it, people. I know I've talked for a hot minute, but there is a bunch of things I wanted to discuss with all of you today that have essentially just been festering over these last three weeks, but I was literally unable to talk for the first two because my voice was gone, and I was literally still coughing and dealing with a terrible head cold on top of it all for this essentially entire week. But... That is about it, people. Thank you so much for your time, and I will hopefully consistently upload once again, but I feel like I say that every time, then something happens. I get sick, or you know, something happens with work, and then you know, life gets busy. But I'm definitely going to talk about this winter event by the end, about my final thoughts, and then hopefully we have you know some information about the next killer around that time as well. But without a further ado, take it easy, everyone, and stay safe in the fog.